This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, good morning. Golf with Jay Delsing is on the air. This is Jay. I got Pearly with me. Pearly, good morning. How are we doing? Doing great, Jay. Looking forward to the second part of the uh, Scott Fawcett uh, interview and a couple other highlights that are going on in the golf world. Absolutely. We have Scott Fawcett with Decade Golf. We talked uh, uh, briefly, not briefly, we'd had the entire show last week uh, on Scott and Decade Golf. Let's, uh, let's just jump right in, John. We formatted the show like a round of golf, and the first segment is called the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by our friends at the Gateway section of the PGA. Um, we really appreciate these guys. First of all, it's their second year of supporting the show. They do great work uh, in and around our region, just making our golf experiences. Chances are, whether it's your country club, whether it's your driving range, whether you're headed to a Muni, there's a PGA uh, man or woman in there opening up the shop, getting the golf balls ready to go doing their thing so that we can enjoy the game and we appreciate that and appreciate their support we also appreciate my buddy our buddy jeff thornhill at taylor made golf because we are giving away a dozen tp5 golf balls every week jay at jdelsongolf.com put the word balls in the subject matter and we pull a name out each week and we give away a dozen golf balls tp5 pretty pretty damn cool We'll get to Decade Golf in a little bit. We had the entire show, it dedicated that entire show to Decade last last week. But John, Rory McIlroy, and we haven't had a time because of our, our remotes and things to talk about him becoming world number one. Pearl, a lot of significance here, in my opinion. Rory has risen to the forefront in such, such a strong way, not only with the way his golf game and the shape that his golf game's in, but just the things that he's come up to be a real leader, John, on tour, against live, pro PGA tour, and, and and about growing the game. Yeah, and for me, I think it's about his his personal growth. I think he is so comfortable in his own skin, believes what he can and can't do. He's still a very humble guy. Uh, he's, he's a he's a family man now. Pulled all of life together, and man, he's going to be tough, I think, for the for the f- near future and maybe beyond, because he's just in a in a in a good sweet spot in life. Wow, is he absolutely playing up a storm? You know, he's definitely in that situation where he doesn't even have to play his best to win, and that's that's pretty special. Uh, when you're out there thinking you got to hit everything perfect, back to decade golf in some matters, uh, most likely you're not going to win. But when you're out there like, hey, if I play my game. I'm probably going to win. I'm, it's beyond com- being competitive. He's probably going to win. There's a lot going on for Rory, you know, it's supporting the tour, but he's a Euro. He's born in Ireland. He is on the other side of the Ryder Cup battles, and he has watched Sergio and Poulter and Westwood and the guys that he's battled with for the last over a decade. Um, here's that word again, a decade, but for, for that long, and th- they're not going to be playing. Well, it's interesting when you just called him a Euro, I, I was like, I kind of like recoiled on that. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, he is, but he's he's kind of transcended that. He's kind of just the a spokesman for, for professional golf uh, going forward and, and kind of carrying the torch as far as how to behave, uh, how to speak, uh, how to play, et cetera. So I think he's, yes, he's, he's a European, but he's kind of kind of the world golf dude right now, which is pretty cool. That was a great word to transcend this because I feel like that's exactly what he's done. He is, he's riven, risen above all of the mess and all the slop and he's taken the high road and he, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been impressive and it's been fun to watch. Um, you know what happens though when those guys get up to that level, the rest of the world starts chopping them down and finding things wrong with them and everything else. So we'll see how he weathers that. I mean, everybody that seems to ascend to the very top 
uh, all of a sudden they're the, the top dog to get the pot shots. So hopefully he can weather all that. My guess is he can because I think he's taken a lot of pot shots for a lot of years. Well, John, he's already been world number one. So, you know, the, to him for him to regain that crown, so to speak, is um, – and impressive. It's been fun to watch. I mean, he's been so, so close to knocking off a couple of majors here and there, especially the British Open that Cam Smith won with a phenomenal round on Sunday, a 64 and, uh, and I think a 30 on the back nine at St. Andrews. Uh, but Well, when, uh, when Rory starts swinging that putter head, which he will do because he does on some occasion, when he can do that consistently, I don't think anybody's going to get him anymore. I think, I think he's, uh, he's tightened it up and it's, uh, you know, it's golf, right? So it happens. But I think he's just taking it to the next level. But I am looking forward to, as we've discussed, him swinging that putter head and not dragging that thing through just ever so slightly, which is why those putts just barely don't go in. Uh, a little bit more swinging, and he's working with Faxon, I believe. I don't know if he still is or not, but Faxon certainly knows that. And so when he can get Roy to actually do it on the golf course consistently, man, Katie bar the doors. Yeah, it's it's right. It's I mean, John, it's almost go, comes almost every single time comes down to whether his – how whether his putters to what degree his putters on let's say that because he's still shooting a lot of really low scores without holding a significant amount of putts well but that's the scott fawcett uh decade golf program because nobody drives it better than than uh, rory some people might be a little bit further but nobody's as accurate and nobody swings <laughs> gosh i wish i could do anything in my life as freewheeling as he does with his driver i mean you talking about just getting up there and just cold cocking that thing and he's not that big of a guy it's just kind of fun to work so it's not surprising again with the subject matter we have last week's show and this week's show with decade golf that we're also talking about the number one player in the world who maybe if nothing else just naturally does some of those key things that uh, scott fawcett talks about okay guys so decade golf it's an acronym for distance expectations correct target analyze discipline and execute and so what this is, in a nutshell, we don't want to give up, spoil too much of this interview that's coming up with Scott Fawcett here on the front nine. But what it does is, in a nutshell, is it has analyzed data over the last 15 years on the PGA Tour, and it has produced those, those that data itself has produced this program that was the brainchild of Scott Fawcett. He's used that data. He's he's a card player. He's a poker player. All of that stuff is about knowing what the odds are, knowing what the chances of uh, uh, of you pulling a card are compared to what your opponent's chances are, and and trying to use these odds in your favor. And it's it's a a fun, it's a fascinating component, John, to the rest of the technology based PGA tour when it comes to supreme power and all of the new equipment and the ball and now a strategy on how to play the game. Which we're debating which is the most powerful. And you know, I'm not sure which comes first, chicken or the egg. They're all important, but I'm not sure that this won't end up being the the most important. I agree, Pearl. You put a guy that's got talent and got that sort of game to play on the PGA tour that can adhere to a system like this, you got a champion. Well, let's put it this way. I'll take a lesser player that doesn't adhere to this system against a super talented player that doesn't understand this process. And I will take that lesser player over the, over the course of time, which is what Scott talks about. Hey, one thing before before we move on to the interview, and I'm kind of excited about this because I think this is the last time of the year. Maybe we'll even have to talk about this. What's a quick update on the live? Didn't they just kind of wrap up their they season? They did. They wrapped up their season in Miami. Uh, DJ came out of there with 36 some odd million dollars. Pat Perez came out of there with eight and a half million. <laughs> All sorts of crazy, crazy numbers. Phil Mickelson was Phil. He was out the first day. Cameron Smith whipped his ass in the in the um, individual thing for their team. It, it was it was all over the place. I didn't see any of the numbers yet. Um, I'll uh, I'll I'll get some information to report back on there. But it's you know it's over. They played eight events. Next year there's going to be fourteen. They still have no television deal, John. And um, one of the things that the golf world was looking forward to before LIV came in was Phil Mickelson as a commentator. That ain't happening. No. 
That's not well, happening. never say never. Never say never on that one. Just on the short term, Phil's going to have to live out however long his commitment is for his $200 million, and then, you know, <laughs> Katie, Katie, bar the door, because that could happen. Then his allegiance will, will switch on a dime. To the oh, next you know it. And the key and the key word that you just used was dime. It's all focused around a dollar. That's what it is. So got We got to tip our cap. Uh, we want to thank Colin Burnt at the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. Great guy. If you need me to introduce you to Colin, help you with a vehicle, just send me an email, j at com, and I'll make that happen. We're tipping our cap to the technology-driven side of golf. The decade golfs of the world, the 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 equipment folks, the golf ball, the, the working out, the players, all of this newfangled stuff that you could put a bow on represents the modern-day PGA Tour. That's our tip of the cap, and it's brought to you by Colin and the Dean Team, Volkswagen of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. Don't go anywhere, folks, on the front nine. We're going to have this interview with Scott Fawcett. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc., can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Good Sportsmanship will be back in St. Louis with the return of PGA Tour champions at the 2023 Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. This year, Patrick Harrington took the champion's trophy, but the real winners were again local St. Louis charities. Together with our corporate sponsors and fans, we were able to donate over $1 million to those who need it most. Thank you, St. Louis, and join us at historic Norwood Hills Country Club September 5th through the 10th for the third annual Ascension Charity Classic. Thank you, St. Louis. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf. Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me, and we're headed to the front nine. It's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. That's right, year three. We're talking about year three, Norwood Hills, September 5th through 11th. Best players in the world come out and watch Padre Harrington defend his title. I can't wait for it, Pearl. It's going to be great. It is definitely going to be our best year to date next year. Can't wait to see that happen. Every year is going to get better with that group, so uh, it'll, you'll always be able to say that every year. Absolutely. All right, so let's just jump to Scott Fawcett. He is the creator, the founder of Decade Golf. So you're mentioning how taking the decision-making out of 
the the players hands so to speak and going along like Stuart Sink has done there's there's an intangible component there that I love to investigate a little bit with you because there's a lot of pressure and stress that's relieved there especially for a guy like me I bet you you know you were a good enough player obviously you played on tour forever but also you weren't an all-time great I bet you have aimed away from a pin like so a pin's four yards from the left you know I should aim five yards right of it, but then you kind of hope you pull it. Like everybody on everybody on tour that I work with who is like you of the modern day, like a great player, but also we're not talking DJ. (laughs) A hundred percent of them are like, Oh my God, I do that six times around. You've never sat on a driving range once in your life and thought, I hope I pull it five yards. But now you're sitting out there on what is kind of by definition a hard shot, which is why you know you should be aiming five or seven yards right of it. Like that by definition is a hard shot. That's why you're doing this. Either the length of the shot or the surrounding hazards or whatever is why you know you're aiming away from it. And then you kind of hope you pull it. And so that's where this wishy-washy mindset comes in and if there's anything that i actually do think that i've brought to the forefront in the game like i get it a lot of what i i've I've added a lot of math to what a lot of the great you know psychologists the the dr mccabe's the rotellas these guys that are just great at what they do but as a player i'm like well yeah but y'all wouldn't believe some of the dumb stuff we think (laughs) and (laughs) and that's i think that one is front and center of the dumb stuff we think and do you know, again, like Dr. McCabe is one of my best friends. He's clearly one of the best sports psychiatrists, you know, out there. But there's just this intangible of what we as players do where you're just like, God, that is just so stupid. It's incredible. And so really giving yourself a basis of to why to make this decision, which, again, is why I work so well with so many of these sports psychologists. We work so well together is they're like, I'm like, wow, I don't know. I'm, I've started to say a player right there. <laughs> I don't know why that guy's thinking the same. Hey, Brett, you get him to stop thinking that thing, and I'll get him to think of targets better. It's why we work so well together, because it's like, dude, that's a dumb thought, and here's a dumb other thought, and then it just don't <laughs> melt so well together. Man, you're talking awesome. about my career in a nutshell there, right there. Try being a 49-year-old amateur who, again, I went to Q school. I, I was trying to think of it earlier. I think I went to Q school five times in my 20s, and I was for sure a better player physically, obviously, than I am a you know quarter of a century later. But I just had no clue how to play the game. I, I went to Q school five times in my 20s. I made it to second stage once, and I didn't even sniff getting through second stage that year. I entered Q school again as a 35-year-old amateur, as well as it, it, you know 2009, 10, 11, and 12. And I think I made it to second stage three of the four times I entered then, and I'm not saying I actually don't, I do not think I'll make it through this week. My body is not doing well, but I'm at a minimum pretty damn close. And and that's where it's like, oh my God, I'm just thinking better. I'm out thinking all of these kids and and I'm driving it well, but aside from just hitting a stop cut off the tee and then just trying to hit the club face with a nine iron, there's not much else to it. You also I, I hit really the ball. How far that. do you hit the ball off the tee, though, Scott? Come on. You hit I the do, ball three, no, 330, no, I, 340? I mean, I've got – well, but again, like right now, as I'm recovering from my Charles Barkley-inspired injuries, my ball <laughs> speed is – it's about 172. Maybe in tournaments right now, maybe it's 175. But it's 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 a probably tour average or a little bit higher, but I'm, I'm, by, I'm by no means long. I mean, Cameron Young would be hitting at 100 past me. Um I'm playing with Dalkey tomorrow, Brad Dalkey, who obviously lost the U.S. Amateur in the finals. And I think he hits it pretty hard. I'll be interested to see how I fare against him because I do think I'm, I'm, I'm driving it. I've driven it really well this week, which, again, from there, there's just not much left to the game. That, and that's, again, these things that are just so interesting. If you think of the all-time greats of the game, they're all great drivers. The Greg Normans, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus. I mean, I'll even throw guys like Kenny Perry, Tom Lehman, guys like that that just were out there forever and played great. They just did the same thing every single time. And if it didn't fit the hole, they just did something else. 
Yes. I, mean, I would love to. I would love to know if, if Tom Lehman ever just stood up somewhere and was like, "Well, rather than hitting my stock draw here, I'm going to try to cut it around this corner." I just highly doubt he did. I don't know that to be a fact, but I do know that like when Tiger was playing his best, let's call that early 2000s. I shouldn't say playing his best, driving at his best. The people that I've talked to are like, man, he just kind of hammered a cut with his driver and a draw with his irons. Yep. And that's ball position. Right. That's where when when I start talking like Zalatoris, I, I'm a huge proponent of this mini driver that I've got right now because I I cut my driver exclusively and I draw I can work my mini driver both ways. It's it's about a 13 degree tailor-made mini driver, but I can work it both ways because I can alter the ball position. So I'm altering swing path with ball position, not changing my swing. And that's you can't just stick a driver that is exiting left from up in your stance, you can't move that back, you know, four balls because it's only got eight degrees to begin with. So you just, you just have to hit the same shot with, with your driver only. And then you can kind of work your drive, your three wood or mini driver, but that's where, you know, again, I got myself in trouble with Faxon and, and Dan Hicks, obviously on Twitter during Will's, you know, Zalatoris is winning FedEx. But the one thing I wish I could have said is on 18, when he kept on hitting driver, because Will took my mini driver out and he played with it the week before. And I'm like, dude, just put this thing in your bag. Because when you get up on a hole like 18 in Memphis, just hit a draw mini driver. Three wood, as Sepp Straka illustrated, isn't quite long enough to take the water out of play. Driver, the shape doesn't really fit the hole. But a mini driver is just perfect. And we just don't need three woods into par fives very often. No, I, I think true. a three woods a totally useless club. It's uh, gosh, it's so interesting because when when I played, I tried to hit my three wood because I could hit it the fairway. And then when I think back about it, I'm like, I'm not sure how many fairways I hit with my three wood because I never played that. You know, the strategy just it wasn't it wasn't sound thinking. And I when I think back at Tiger and the Tiger Five and how the simplicity, Scott, of this is just it's staggering, but it makes so much sense when I kind of review how he played. The problem is we get bad, we get confirmation bias. I played in one PGA Tour event, the 1999 US Open at, at, at Pinehurst. And I swear to God, this is this was my thought this process on number one. And it was Harrison, Harrison Frazier, if you're listening, I, I blame this on you. Harrison told me the first time he played in the US Open, he was so nervous on one tee. He was like, I knew it was an iron off the tee, but... I didn't want to hosel and play. And I'm like, <laughs> that makes sense to me. And so I didn't want to hit driver because I'm like, I'll just hit three wood in play and then I'll, I'll knock it on the green. And so I literally hit three wood off the tee on number one at Piners and I put it in the fairway and I had a seven iron left and I put it on the green to 18 feet and I two putted it for par and I moved on to two T and I'm like, I'm a genius. N no, you, you literally, you will hit the fairway more often with three wood than driver. And for most people, it's like five to 7% of the time, but 100% of the time you will be 30 or 40 yards longer. And that's just getting back to like the idea of, of, of if we're flipping coins and every time you win, I give you 10. And every time I win, you give me 20, that's a bad trade. Hitting five to 7% more fairways while having hundred percent of them being 30 or 40 yards longer. That's a bad trade. And so you should be hitting driver almost everywhere you possibly can and then figure it out. You just won't, I'll just put this three wood in play. It's just not how it works. Scott, how, tell us how decades doing, tell us about the app, tell, tell folks how they can get uh, uh, in touch with you. I know you're, you're such a, you're such an authentic open guy. I mean, I know you'll respond to people if they want to reach out to you. What's the best way? Honestly, at this point, if you just Google Decade Golf, you'll find it. Um, I, I do hate saying it because it's my app, but it really does a great job of eliminating what we all hate after every round of golf, just the stupid mistakes. Um, you know how it's doing? I mean, honestly, I just I sent off this morning, or not this morning, yesterday morning to the PJ Tour. I had 37 guys on the PJ Tour this week that I've worked with. And it is, you know, 30, it's, it's 30 to 45 every single week. And it, again, most of them are the younger players. So these younger players that are coming out of college, you've seen, you know, Morikawa attended my seminar in college. Obviously he's done great work with Rick Sessinghouse. Colin told me, he's like, you know, 
it's nothing new. It, it quantified a lot of what we're working on, but it's all the same thing. You see, so you've got, you know, Doc Redman, Bryson, Maverick, Zalatoris. Like it's just, it's, it's endless. And so when you see why is this the tour making this shift younger, it's not like something special happened with younger players all of a sudden where they've got better skills, which obviously actually I shouldn't say that they do. They better they do. instruction, better t- yep. yeah, they they do. But also they just understand how to play the game like a 32-year-old tour player. That's it. I mean, you just that was that was and, and I've posted this on Twitter back when Will finished second at the Masters last year. And all of the announcers were freaking out about like, God, this kid just seems so composed. That literally goes back to the Texas Examiner in 2014. And and, and I'll, I'll finish with this. In the 16th fairway in the practice round of the Texas Amateur that year, Will it, Will hits the ball really good. Maybe you've noticed. He doesn't cut it so good. Maybe you've noticed. <laughs> yeah. But we get out there, we're in the fairway in the 16th hole of the practice round, and he hit just another shot to three feet. And I picked up the bag and I started walking. He's like, and as we're walking, he's like, you know what? I got a really good feeling about this week. And I literally, I set the bag down <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I grabbed him by the shoulders and I looked him in the end. It's a quote actually in an article that he wrote. And I looked in the end and I said, dude, you're going to win this tournament as long as you do exactly what I tell you to do. And this wasn't a, what I tell you to do statement. It's like, as long as you play this game correctly. But if you start thinking about, I'm going to win this tournament, I've got a really good feeling. Like, cause we're I in thinking, trouble. What, what's up? What's up? What just what? Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a thing that like companies do when they fail, it's called a postmortem. What went wrong? <laughs> I was doing a, I was doing a pre-mortem. What's going to go wrong. And I thought, what's going to go, how is this kid not going to win this week? And the only thing I came up with is, He's going to focus on winning. And I said, dude, I'm telling you right now, I want you to not think about winning this golf tournament again until we pick the ball up out of the 72nd hole, period. And we're and we literally, we laughed about it the entire week. There were three or four times every single day. I said, you haven't won yet. You realize that. And he would even joke me like, have we won yet? Like, no. Yeah. And I actually forgot to tell him. I, I had this whole thing and I was too busy crying on the side of the green, <laughs> but I had this whole thing planned. Like I start to tee up right now. Like it's such a great experience, but I had this whole thing planned out. We're on the 18th hole. I was going to just like say, Hey dude, you want, you can relax. And I forgot until I was driving home and I sent him a text. I was like, Hey, I forgot to tell you now you can relax. You won. But we have, re- we've rallied on that constantly. And, and Saturday night before he won in Memphis, I literally sent him a text. I was like, look, dude, I know you've been close. I know you know what you're doing, but just think back to the Texas amateur that year. We, we rallied, we literally focused on not trying to win. And again, not trying to win is the wrong way of saying it, but like no, I not know. thinking about winning. Right. Just, just stay in the present. The shots yep. and just see what happens. Yep, yep. And it's just, that's the key to everything. You just, you start making emotional decisions. And again, that's, I've got plenty of detractors and haters, whatever. And I think that's what most of them don't realize is all I'm trying to get people to do is realize, stay in the present moment. Once you start getting ahead of yourself, you, the emotion starts coming into play and and I've had a number of even a couple of different announcers who actually get along with fairly well now but initially they told me I always played better with emotion and I told them no you didn't play as good without emotion it's it's a, it's it's yeah. not semantics either you can't play better than you are you just weren't trying on Thursday but once you put yourself into the battle on the back nine on Sunday you thought you were clutch no you were just paying attention right and that's all we're trying to accomplish for people. And again, not just for golf, for life. Like that's my bigger mission with everything, teaching people about meditation and just everything is like, we've got a lot of stuff to figure out here in this world right now. We're really trying to help people understand that some meditation, remaining present, lack of emotional control, that's what's going to help us get back on track as a world. All right, that's going to wrap up the front nine in the first half of this interview with Scott. It's actually the third part. We've got two shows with Scott, so this is actually the third part of uh, this, uh, the interview uh, in day two. Uh, don't go anywhere. John and I will be right back with more of the uh, second half of that interview and the back nine. It's Golf with Jay Delson. I want to summarize some of the fantastic things that Marcone, your hometown company that is the largest distributor of General Electric appliance parts in North America, has done this year. We started out with CEO Jim Sowers donating two service dogs to the wounded servicemen and women heroes 
in our country. We followed that up with a raffling of two suites at St. Louis Blues home games with Danny Mac and myself, and with all of those proceeds headed to the Backstoppers organization. Lastly, the Marcone first responder, military, police, and firefighters viewing deck at the Ascension Charity Classic was a huge success. So much so that this idea and model is being implemented at other PGA Tour Champions events. Thank you, Marcone, for your support, and thank you for your tireless giving in our community. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson, you will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ, or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. I am proud to welcome the Gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range, public golf course, or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our Gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons, and growing this great game. PGA Reach, Drive Chip and Putt, PGA Hope, and the fantastic PGA Junior League are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same PGA professionals. Go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next PGA professional for your next lesson, go to pga.com. The Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Golfer Jay Delsing is here. I'm Jay. He's Pearly. And we are headed to the back nine. And it's brought to you by our friends at Pro-Am Golf. 314-647-8054. Call them. Ask for CJ. Get fitted. Get clubs that are fit for your speed, for your body type. And go over there and check out their pro shop. They Their golf shop has got a ton of really cool gear in there. Tom DeGrand is a rock star. He's been teaching golf for over 40 years, and it's a family-owned business. You'll love supporting them. Uh, We're going right to the final segment of our interview with Scott Fawcett and Decade Golf. I hope you enjoy. Give us a quick update, please, uh, on on Will and how the injury's going and when we'll get to see him play again. I, I, my understanding is doing good. I mean, again, I, I he's got some... Uh, a herniated disc, but my understanding is the treatment he's doing good. It's not herniated. So I had some herniated discs in my neck that were, I think three and five millimeter. Ooh. They told me those will actually retract. So the, the herniation will actually come back in. So I'm assuming I haven't asked Will exactly how many millimeters his discs are herniated, but since they're not doing surgery, I'm assuming it's in that three to five millimeter range. And Personally, I can speak from experience. They actually did. I didn't do anything for like a year and a half and they did. So I, but this is the thing that's hard, man. I do think that golf isn't, is a 25 year career anymore. I think that it's more, not quite a fullback, but this is a violent game and hitting it further is the most important thing you can do to get better at golf period. Like it is the number one thing. And so you get a guy like Will who's six, three, he actually is 175 pounds. People don't believe that because you see these frail arms. Well, if that dude could take his pants off, I haven't seen him with the pants off, but I've seen him with shorts on. 
That guy's legs, well, like Fred Couples, you've probably seen Fred's oh, yeah. legs. Powerful. Those legs, he couldn't he couldn't fit in cowboy boots if he had to. Yeah. Will is the same way. And so you get these frail guys like Will, like Tiger. They are going to have lower back problems. Again, I'm 6'1", 220. I've never had a back problem. I've had upper neck problems, but not back problems. You look at guys like me, Bryson, Mickelson, Nicholas. We don't have back problems. Because we're just big dudes. You're thicker. And You're thicker, and the we're, the, the we're, slender we're guys are going to get uh, uh, have those. Yeah, it is what it is. And again, this is where like people talk about changing his excuse me his swing, and I'm like, no, he just he needs to make seventy five million in about twelve years, and then figure out something to do with his life because he's probably going to be hurt. Like, I don't think you can slow his swing down and him like. Jamie Sidlowski is a guy who's wiry. Yep. But try to slow that swing down. No way. He, he can't play. But 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 Scott, that also doesn't make him who he is. That's you're That's you're taking saying. away like his left arm and like okay now go. You can't do that and and you can't and have the same player. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And again, that's that's my point is like. Well, sure, if you want him to have this injury-free twenty-five-year career maybe they got to do something else, but the, but then he wouldn't be the same guy. Nicholas, his longevity and greatness was as much. And again, I actually shouldn't say this because, but I'm assuming he wasn't injured very often because he finished in the top in the majors every single year. That was his greatness was just being a big dude. I, I, yep. I really do mean that too. Like Jack, you're the second goat. My, my, my surrender is he's the greatest major champion of all time, but he's not remotely close to tiger in form of, of, of as far as, the best the game's ever been played. And, and, and I think that's just a function of body type. I, I really do believe that. Well, it, I mean, and you, you run, it's a slippery slope to go compare ages and everything, but I mean, let's be honest. If Tiger doesn't get that, have that Thanksgiving day massacre that happened to him out in Orlando, he's blowing up every single record that we have, Scott, let's be honest. I mean, he's going to, he's going to have 30 majors. I mean, come on. Clearly. But he's Clearly. definitely still going to have injuries. No doubt. The back problems aren't going away. And, and yes, that is probably a lot of Navy SEAL training, but it's also a lot of his body type. And, and I shouldn't even say because he's obviously a huge dude. It's his mid. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 maybe maybe I'm just compensating as a, as a fat guy, but like, <laughs> I, I'm a pretty big guy with a 37 inch waist and Tiger's like a 32. Like you just he's just frail in the middle, which is kind of where it counts. Well, for the examples that you used with Mickelson and Jack and, and some of the thicker guys, Trevino and things like that, you know, they, they were always uh, thick around. Look at Ernie Els, same way. Ernie's Ernie's six foot three, three and a half, but he weighs 230 pounds and he's got a 40 inch waist. There, there aren't many. There are fat guys that have had back problems. There aren't many guys in that six foot five, 11 to six, three. 190 to 220-ish range that have just had back problems. We don't have – my hips are maybe 30-degree open at impact, whereas Will's are 90. Yeah, exactly. And there you go. But, that extra yeah. torque is the killer. Right? I mean, it also gives there him you go. all the speed. But, I mean, there's – look, it's like anything else, Scott, right? There's, there's gives and takes. There's yin and yang on both ends of the spectrum yep. here. 100%. Yeah. But, but again, that's why, like, like where I got so mad, like the, the, there's yin and yang is Furyk, his first five years on tour, all they talked about was this guy's going to need to change his swing. And finally, after five years, like, you know, he kind of stripes it. <laughs> that's all. That's the only thing I'm trying to push along when I argue on Twitter about Zalatoris's putting. Like, hey, I don't disagree, right. man. I don't want to I don't want to watch his four foot like if it was a four footer for my life and it was him or someone else. I'd be like, can I take someone else? But also, he's three percent worse than tour average. It's it's just not that big of a deal. It just sure, looks so uncomfortable. Dying, That's what the problem but it is. Looks so yeah. gross. Oh, Again, it does. I'm not disputing that. It looks disgusting. But guess what? I've watched that up close more than anyone else on this planet. And there's times, even back to the U.S. Junior, when he was putting with a short putter, I'm like, how does this thing keep going in? <laughs> exactly. You know what? It keeps it going, going in. in. And that's, I swear to God, like, as I'm sitting here in Q school, I haven't played a whole lot of golf and 
but every single four foot putt, I, you can ask the guys I'm playing with. Like I literally have held my putter out, not by measuring it. Like if you were measuring to see if it's in the leather, I've kind of been doing that on the three to four foot putt range to show myself this is a 95% putt. Yep. Just shut up yep. and, and putt, putt it. it. <laughs> Just shut up and putt it. Like I literally, <laughs> like I, I bet you the guys in my group don't realize that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. But I've done that on at least, I bet six putts or seven putts. And guess what? Even still, I missed one of them. Yeah. Well, because, but also it's not the big of a deal. I'm positive strokes game putting because I have good speed and I've been, made a decent amount of mid-range putt this week. Yeah. That's Scott, it. Scott, hey, best of luck in this school. We got to keep you right. on the show. This is really super fun. Uh, we we got to get you some rest too. November? What's that? We can't just talk until November. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't want you to miss your tea time. But, um, man, we definitely know you're the oldest guy in the Corn Ferry uh, Qualifying School Tournament this <laughs> week. We know that for sure. We wish you all that the best. That is most likely. Also synonymous with the dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jay. All right, that's going to wrap up the back nine. And the last part of the interview with Scott Fawcett. Pearlie and I will break it down for you on the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Hello, friends. This is Jim Nance, and you are listening to Golf with my friend, Jay Delson. I want to officially welcome Darty Business Solutions as the new title sponsor of this show. So who are they? Well, first of all, they've been headquartered in St. Louis for the last 37 years. They're the number one largest IT consulting firm per the St. Louis Business Journal. They're also the number one largest software development company per the St. Louis Business Journal. They were voted number one top workplace in St. Louis for large companies. There's over 2,500 teammates in 30 states and in three countries. There are 11 Darty regional development hubs in and around the world. If you live and or work in the St. Louis area, chances are that through their business or their extensive community work, Darty Business Solutions has done something positive near you. Check us out at darty.com. That's D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y.com. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Burn. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean team. For all your car buying needs. The Legends of Golf return to St. Louis in 2023. You won't want to miss one of the strongest fields in golf. Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, Bernard Longer, John Daly, and many more when they compete for the 2023 Ascension Charity Classic title, September 5th through the 10th at historic Norwood Hills Country Club. All proceeds benefit area charities. Together, we were able to donate over $1 million to those most in need last year. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained KVS certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800 518 1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. I've been looking for over three years for the perfect place to be the official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, and the search is over. Please welcome the loading dock to the show. What a great place it is. It is located at the confluence of the Mississippi and Illinois rivers in beautiful Grafton, Illinois. Their patio is killer with seating for over 800 
and every weekend the Loading Dock has the area's best live music. There's no reservations required, they have overnight lodging available, and they also have an ice skating rink in the winter months. And don't forget about the super cool Riverside Flea Market, which happens the fourth weekend of each month from April through October. If you're into antiques and collectibles, you gotta check it out. The Grafton Ferry runs directly from St. Charles County to within steps of our parking lot. Go check out the loading dock and say hello to my buddy, Peter Allen. He is a great guy, good golfer, and a lover of the game. Call 618-556-7951 or visit them on the web at graftonloadingdock.com for more information on their live music schedule, the Riverside Flea Market, and more. The Loading Dock, the new official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Hey, welcome back. Jay here. John's with me. It's Golf with Jay Delsing, and we are headed to the 19th hole. Pearl, go ahead, open one. Well, I'll tell you one thing I got to uh, get a little bit more comfortable with how straightforward uh, Scott is. I, he's, he's more endearing to me now. He's quite the character. As you mentioned last week, he can certainly be abrasive, but for me, the more I hear him, the more I hear his fun stories. And what a character. I mean, what a character across the board. And I'm glad that you pressed him on, by the way, and how far he hits the ball. Because I guess he's extra long. Extra, so, extra, extra, you know, extra long. So, but his his system still works, whether you're extra long or not extra long. I just think it's a little easier these days to play when you're that when you're that long. There's so much good stuff. It's so thick with interesting stories. Uh, the one I have to take away, and I had a question for you. So Stuart Sink going out there, buys the app on his own other side. You know, it's a crazy, I'm surprised because tour players don't normally buy anything. So I'm surprised he didn't ask for five free ones. That's a good point. Then, then he goes out there and wins. Not only wins once, wins twice. I have a question though. Inside baby scoop possibly. His son, Stuart Sink's son, Reagan, who caddied for him. Also about that time, I'm pretty sure, announced that he was going to go and caddy full time on tour. Do you think it's because of this system and him being one of maybe the foremost guys of having the experience of walking a tour player through wins with the, with the decade system? I was just wondering that off the, off the cuff. It's a good, it's a, it's a good point. I, I mentioned to you to open one cause we're on the 19th hole brought to you by our boys at uh, the loading dock. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so excited. to make that I know you forgot to open your cock, your beer. Um, anyway, uh, thanks to the Allen family for supporting the second, show. Wait a second. Loading dock, I'm opening two. Yeah, yeah, you got to 618-556-7951. Uh, Great place to go. John, the point about Stuart Sink, he hadn't won a tour event in over 11 years, John. He was, what, 47 years old, finally gets back in the winner's circle. And, John, it didn't stop with one. He won multiple times. I know. I know. That's what I was saying. You know what's so cool is Stewie has been on the show. We should get him back on the show and talk about this and let him yeah. break it down and talk about why this is so important, what's so important about it, and what is so meaningful to him. I think that'd be a great thing, even if it's just a shorter blurb. I think this is something we should carry forward and, and continue to investigate a little bit more. The other most stunning piece to me, which I didn't think at all coming through this, was when, when uh, Scott Fawcett starts talking about how many of the young players are up and coming that are using the system? And he's, of course, in his abrasive way, said, what do you think it is? They're better players. They're not better players. They have a better system that they're playing under. I was like, ding, when that, that went off to, uh, for me. I thought that was fascinating. I think I buy into it. What do you think? I'm going to say they're still better. I, I'm going to say they're still better. I believe they're better. I think they're, they're bigger. They're stronger. They've had better uh, training. Um, but like we said, it's a different, now, this is a game changer, Pearl. Yeah. This but now they a, have a better system. Right. They're all those things. But I guess my point is all those things you just mentioned, why they're better didn't just happen in the last 12 months. I mean, this has been kind of, you know, trending. So why is it so much more dramatic? It's another thing that I think is why the health of the, the, the golf world, the, the professional golf world is so healthy. There is so many good players. You know, I'm such a golf geek. I watch these European events. I watch the Asian events, that kind of stuff, whatever I can catch on TV. There are so many good players, Jay. And week in, week out, there are so many good swings out there. But something is – so that that is happening. But taking on this approach is a huge piece. 
Oh, there's no question about it. But plus, John, when you when you can when you can say, "Look at my decision making was off today. I put myself. I I tried to hit shots I shouldn't have tried to hit." That's different than saying I made a bad swing. I mean, you can you you can you know how this how how difficult the PGA Tour golf courses are you can be six inches off from 200 yards john and talk about the difference between a birdie and a double bogey absolutely and i mean that's what we're talking about here and that's why it's so crucial because the the razor's edge is so fine stay away from that and get that thing out and play more towards the mean play more towards the safe side as scott talked about play to not make mistakes, give yourself, you know, more room for error. And John, what do you think? Here's what here's what I've seen. One of the things that struck me about Zalatoris is how calm he looks. And you want yeah. to know why he looks so calm, John? Because it's he exactly exactly. And Pearl, he's yeah. got a lot of control over his golf ball already, and yeah. he's not trying to hit. Knock the flags down. Hey, 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 Jay, but when you're calm, when you're relaxed, when you're confident, you're going to have more control in your golf ball. You have less when you're none of those things. I also loved when he came out and said, you know, these guys are playing to the right side, the left side, this angle, that angle. He said, sorry, you're not that good. And I love what you and him agreed to. I, I think you were talking about a layup four iron when he had a 20-yard wide fairway. That was a number oh, six at Wingfoot. Fairway with a four iron or five iron in our hands when it was 20 yards wide. Just wanted to kill myself. Just wanted to kill you and kill you first, and then maybe myself if I still needed to. But the point is, you're right, John. And he's like, all of a sudden we thought, you know, we were uh, swinging poorly. It's just, you're not there. You're not, you don't have nearly the control over your golf ball that you think you do. Just that one stat caught me too from 160 to 180 yards. uh, How about this? When they go to the back, yeah, back pin, they're, they're missing. They're they're hitting the green seventy one percent of the time. Yep. Back pin. When it's a front pin, same distance. They're only hitting the the, the green slightly over half, fifty seven percent of the time. Wow, wow. So as a just as a caddy, just as a caddy, every time I would just go when, when slightly in doubt, take more, take more, hit the shot that you can hit the ball a little bit further, type of thing. Yeah, just that kind of stuff. When, when you, again, you got to buy into it, but there's, there's, they have so many uh, stats to support it. You just buy into it. And you just make that decision every time. I, I just, I just love that. Well, John, so let's break this down just a little bit for the listeners out there, you know, cause we talked a little bit on the last show, but this is absolutely for them as well. Think about oh, yeah. how many times, John, we have seen amateurs not take enough club. I mean, 99% of the time, very seldom we could run through 10 pro-ams and not see three balls past the flagstick and regulation uh, for, from any amateur that we played with and, and 10 different pro-ams. No question. No question. And it, and it's, and it's, so it's that sort of game. I loved the example Scott gave where he wanted, he, he knew it was a perfect pitching wedge if he was swinging great, but according to the system and according to what he knew about himself and how his game was progressing or not progressing, it needed to be a three-quarter nine-iron, a flight of nine-iron. What did he do? He hits his, he hits his full pitching wedge and mishits it a slight bit and comes down in the front bunker. And it's, it, and it's just so interesting because those decisions are everything. I mean, I start thinking about how many times, John, I, I would stand out there and say, I'm hitting this shot. And you, if I was confident, you would just back off. And now I'm thinking, you, you should have never hit that shot. I don't care how yeah. confident you would. You should have never hit it because even though I was confident, I didn't always pull it off. <laughs> well, but, but to your point, it's such a different approach, as you said to him, and I think you generally agreed. you got to put your ego to the side. It's, it's, a, it's a whole different thing. It's a, what am I, not what am I feeling, where are we? What do we have in front of us? What's the what's the statistic on this? And then you just go from there. You know, it's kind of fun. You you mentioned last week that the different sports are doing it. You hear the uh, commentators in football say it a lot. Okay, they're fourth and one on the one. What statistically is the way to go here? Kicking the field goal or going for it? You know, and they'll say, well, there's a two percent deviation in uh, 
in, in the, the right way to go about this type of stuff. So, you know, a lot of times it's kind of a flip of a coin anyway, but it's uh, just a different way to play. I'm excited to learn more about it. I'm excited to go out there and try to play that way. And my guess is it's going to feel just right. And it's probably going to feel like some of the times that I've played my better golf anyway, when I've just had a different approach and not trying to hit these perfect golf shots. Wait a second, John. Some of the best golf you played in college was when you were working with Bruce Ogilvie and you were deliberately yep. taught to play away from the flagstick. Yeah, well, he taught me to be comfortable playing away from the flagstick. Exactly right, Jay. Exactly right, because we didn't think of it that way uh, back then. But he's just like... Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, it was a big deal. Pearl, let's talk through that process a little bit because I can remember you coming back to me and I was like shaking my head like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, when he was like, you'd play two two balls and he would say to you, John, this second ball is mine. You have no dog in this fight. So I want you to aim instead of at that flagstick that's in the back left corner of the green, I want you to aim at the center of the green in that tree right there. That's your target, not the other. And he, I remember you saying specifically, he made sure you understood that is your target, not the other one, not the flagstick, even though that's where the hole is. Your target is this new thing right here, and it's my ball, and focus on that. Well, that, that's exactly right. I had a ball that was my golf ball. I also I played two balls, one that he deemed as his and made it very clear to me that it was his. Uh, we probably played this game on four or five different occasions for nine holes, and I never came within two shots of beating him uh, relative to that mind that mind game that he would play with me. It was just fascinating. It was it was kind of pre-Bob Rotella stuff, yep. and uh, just, just loved that man. He was, he was huge for me, but you're right. It was a piece of it was the ego, but another piece was just to be able to play and look at the game very differently, and probably to this day he was teaching me things that I still vaguely understand. John, did you have any sort of sense while you were going through this that, like, I need to start playing away from targets and stuff or, well, or have learned, alternative targets? Sure. I learned a lot from that. I mean, across the board, I, just that approach. I mean, I remember I hit the ball further. I played much better. I played much calmer. All of those things. You, uh, won again, a tour, you won a tournament shortly thereafter as well. Well, I won a tournament, but I made the team. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was making the team. Then all of a sudden, you got All-American honors and all that kind of good stuff and getting to play with you guys week in, week out against the best, what turned out to be the best players in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, there was, there was just a lot to it. And, and again, I let that slide by the wayside. You and I have talked about things that worked. We let it slide by the wayside. But this is a piece that I think we're going to see front and center, and I'm really pumped that we get to talk about it on the show because I think people are going to hear a lot more about it, and uh, hopefully we get their ears perked up from uh, from the show so they, they they can better understand it when they hear it on the TV coverages uh, coming up. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it, it'll be it'll be interesting. John, when the with golf commentary, where a, a, a commentator might say, "Well, he's pushed it way right of the flag," you got to start thinking about it now, and you're like. Did he really? Well, also, look at some of the commentators. You know, is a Curtis Strange going to buy into this? Is a Lanny Watkins? These are pretty stalwart guys to believe what they believe. So are those guys going to buy into this? You know, and especially when Brandel Chandler, not a surprise, is one of the ones to kind of break it nationally more often uh, type, of, type of thing. And that kind of grates on some of those guys as well. So there's going to be a bit of a power struggle would be my guess on buying into this, but I think they're there. It's a it, Curtis doesn't want to do it because it'll be a second event like he had with Tiger the first time. He doesn't want to go through that again. I don't think I don't think I wouldn't if I were him. You know, Pearl, that's going to wrap up another show. We are going to announce the winners of the two of uh, the golf balls. Uh, did I win this time? Finally, did I finally win? I put ball, I sent a bunch of texts to you that said balls, balls, balls. Let me see. You didn't win. You didn't win. <laughs> uh, you were close though. The two yeah. Alexes won last week and this week. Alex Woolsey and Alex Patterson. You guys won TP five dozen golf balls. They'll be coming to your house. Hang out by the uh, by the uh, mailbox and don't let Pearlie have any because he's got plenty. You got you got money. You got golf balls. You got new gear. How about a new gear report before we uh, we we sign off this week? Well, I'm down in Texas, and I have to admit, I'm starting to hit the ball better and starting to feel good. It's starting to kind of click in. Man, I had a session the other day, and it was just so much fun and uh, starting to starting to click in with it. So it was uh, it's pretty solid stuff. So we'll see. I gotta I gotta get it on the golf course, but uh, I'm excited. Well, that's awesome. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearl, thanks for joining me, and we will be at you next week.
Hit us straight, St. Louis. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road, just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to Wild Crush crushstl.com and come have one with us. This is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. When Tyreek Hill signed with the Miami Dolphins, we all thought, what the hell is he doing? What made many scratch their heads even further was comments praising Tua's accuracy. In fact, people got tired of listening to Tyreek Hill. They would go as far as to just tell him to just shut up and focus on football. Well, the Miami Dolphins are 7-3. Tua Tagovailoa is near 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns with three interceptions, not to mention the Dolphins now sit at the top of the AFC East. Well, they can hear you now, Tyreek. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget, BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf exists at BetOnline.net as well. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.